All this month, we're asking you to tell a friend about a podcast they'll love. Right now, think of a friend, your mom, anyone you care about. What podcast, other than achievement-oriented, would they really love? Got it? Now do it. Tell them about it in real life or on social media. Send them a message on your Omni tool. They don't know how to download podcasts? Show them how. And tell us what you recommended with the hashtag tripod. That's T-R-Y-Pod. Thanks for spreading the word. Hello and welcome to Achievement Oriented, The Ringer's official gaming podcast. My name is Ben Lindbergh and I'm a writer for TheRinger.com. And on the other line, wearing the dead-eyed stare <laughs> that can only come from being a Mass Effect Andromeda character or from listening to Mass Effect Andromeda's dialogue, oh, no. it's my colleague Jason Concepcion. Hi, Jason. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> As you just said to me before we started recording, yeah. it's not that it's bad. I just right. hate everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is true. I mean, it's not it's not a bad game. Yeah, but every detail about the game could be improved in some way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we will lay out exactly what those ways are in just a second. Later in this episode, we're going to talk to Patrick Markey and Christopher Ferguson about their new book, Moral Combat, Why the War on Violent Video Games is Wrong. But first, we have to inflict some verbal violence <sighs> on a video game, I'm afraid. And you and I have done a dialogue about this game for yes. the ringer so you can go read our thoughts there but we're gonna share them now so as promised we've been playing mass effect andromeda we've been playing the ps4 version we haven't finished it yet because who could ever possibly finish a video <laughs> game in 2017 when a new good one comes out every week that's 60 hours long but we've gotten far enough into it that i think we have grasped the structure and the problems. So do you want to lay out the backstory here and the premise of this game for anyone who hasn't played the Mass Effect trilogy as we have? Sure. Uh, this is a, a completely new story from the previous trilogy. And gosh, what is it about that second trilogy that that <laughs> that, that, that second sci-fi trilogy that, that creators yeah. have, have problems with? So you play as either a male or a female Captain Ryder, who is kind of like your new Shepard allegory. Mm -hmm. And it, it's basically a space colonization game now. You've been sent out to Andromeda, to a golden planet, to uh, lead 200,000 souls to you know this new planet that you're going to inhabit. But when you get there, the long-range scans were faulty. There's something wrong with the planet. Now you have to figure mm -hmm. out what. And various things happen. It, that I don't really want to spoil, um, mm -hmm. but that's basically what it is. You need to explore this planet, find out what went wrong. There's a, an alien race, the Ket, that's kind of opposing you. You don't know what necessarily what their goals are, but you need to find out. And so in the course of exploring this planet, um, you know, romance your subordinates as usual and various mm -hmm. adventures uh, take place. Yeah. So the idea is that this is a reboot. This is going to be a new kind of Mass Effect. It's no importing from previous saves. Right. This is completely different. It's a new protagonist, a new ship, a new galaxy. 
but it's really not that new. It's right. basically Mass Effect, at least in its structure. And, Mass, and Mass Effect 1, you know, like yeah. really the feeling of Mass Effect 1 where you can see the promise, but also it's a highly imperfect game and you're not really sure what it's going to end up being. Right. And that's strange because in video yeah. games, often sequels get more refined as they go. I wrote about this a little bit in our dialogue, but we don't really have the same apprehension about sequels in video games that we do about, say, movies, because yeah. I think historically they haven't been as story and writing dependent. And so when you find a gameplay formula that works, you can recycle it over and over and tweak it and make it look prettier, but it's still fun and we'll still keep coming back for more. And maybe that's changing now that a lot of games have raised the bar for story and Mass Effect played a part in that. But now the same old Mass Effect, I don't think has the same impact as it did when it first came out. And the bar has been raised by a lot of indie games, a lot of yep. recent big budget games. So yep. this game has a tough assignment because not only does it have to measure up to Mass Effect's legacy, we really like Mass Effect. It has to be as good as those games or better. And it also has to be as good or better than the games we've played recently, which are really, really good. I came to this game directly from Breath of the Wild, <laughs> came to that directly from Horizon Zero Dawn. Those are both fantastic games that really do everything Andromeda does better than Andromeda does them. So it's a tough assignment, and that's probably part of what's affecting my reaction to this game, but definitely not all of it. Yeah, should we talk about specific things that, that we don't sure. like about it? I would say the first, obviously the most famous thing the most infamous thing right now, it would be uh, the animations, not just the facial animations, which uh, certain loud segments of the video game playing world are taking way too much of an interest in, but <laughs> the animations really feel clunky. There's it's there's a choppiness to them. There, there'll be, um, there's a thing you'll see when you kind of trigger a cut scene or a dialogue scene where the your NPCs will kind of like teleport into the the last few feet or a few meters into the into the animation mm -hmm. um this is the first mass effect game on the frostbite engine you know mm -hmm. whatever that means uh <laughs> <laughs> but I, but one could imagine that you know creating a whole new game on a whole new set of tools where you have to create the tools create the systems that create the game from mm -hmm. scratch would create obstacles and mm -hmm. you know the overall effect is is just that it feels not quite finished graphically and you know i don't even like like even even the camera angle that follows you yeah feels too wide in it like mm -hmm. so that there's things that happen in the distance and you can barely and sometimes you can't you really can't pick them out it's just yeah it feels you know and during a lot of the in-engine cutscenes, yeah. you can control the camera but it will default to a certain view that often is just way off like your yeah. character will be in a corner of the screen or you won't even see who you're talking to and then you'll remember oh i can move the camera around but there's no real reason to need to do that except that often the action isn't centered in the frame there are a lot of little things like that and that hurts the game because this is a series that's pretty dependent on storytelling and yeah. liking the characters that you spend all this time with and reading tons of text and going deep into dialogue trees. And when the characters aren't emoting at all or aren't emoting appropriately and 
the performances, the, the vocal performances don't match the faces and the faces are just scary and inhuman to begin yeah. with. It's just, <laughs> it kind of takes away from any emotional resonance that would be there. And I'm not sure how much of it would be there anyway, because the writing is yeah. just noticeably weaker than it was. And I think we've both been trying to review our memories and wonder whether because we were younger when we played those games right. or because gaming wasn't as sophisticated when we played those games were the originals not really as great as we remember is the difference not so stark but really is i think from from what i can tell there are just a lot of lines that will make you cringe in this game yeah but i went back and i watched a bunch of um mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 gameplay just to mm -hmm. kind of like get a sense of am i overthinking this is it just me the problem with the dialogue and the writing it happens on several levels. one there are corny lines that happen there's one mm -hmm. thing there's a battle early on where you're fighting the cat for really for the first time and they, they have these this isn't much of a spoiler, but they have these kind of like alien uh, creatures, four-legged animals that that help them mm -hmm. that cloak themselves. And yeah. one of the one of the you know space colonists you're with is like, are those dogs? It's like we're <laughs> you know we're on the far-flung corner of the galaxy. You're a hard you're you know you know like you're a hard-bitten space marine. Yeah. No, these aren't dogs. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and so there's that, and then there's. There's also uh, the problem that you touched on with this kind of like emotional and tonal responses that don't sync with what the emotional tenor of the scene is or what the prompt is. Like mm -hmm. I wrote about this a little bit in the thing that there, there, you come across one of the dialogue um, that you can get into on your on the home, like the space base, the arc is with a very distraught alien woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the way the tones of writers' responses are like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like <laughs> this weird flippancy to uh, that doesn't match this kind of like the desperation of the scene. And that happens quite a bit. And then there's there'll be like lines that are repeated a lot and mm -hmm. kind of like in, in the flow of play. It's just uh, not great for a game that historically has been based on dialogue. Yeah. And the landscapes and the vistas, I think. They'd look good in a vacuum, no pun intended. I think that it suffers somewhat from comparisons to games I just played because right. nothing, at least on a console, looks better technically than Horizon Zero Dawn and nothing really looks better artistically than Breath of the Wild and Andromeda Falls Short in both of those areas. It's, it's a good-looking game, I think, but it doesn't blow me away the way that those games do if there were a, an easy snapshot taking mechanic in this game i don't think i'd be using it so that's part of the problem but i think the bigger problem is that i just don't get the sense of discovery yeah. that i'm supposed to get from this game this is a game about traveling to a new galaxy a wild distant galaxy and you're the pathfinder and you're supposed to explore and set foot on these worlds that no one has ever set foot on before and it just doesn't give me any of the same sense of discovery that I get even from going to Nintendo's new Hyrule. It's just there's a lot of hand-holding. I mean, I think there's more exploring than there was in previous Mass Effect games. There are definitely bigger outdoor areas, but everything is gated in some way. There are walls and barriers. You can't just go wherever you want, and there's always 
an arrow pointing you to your next objective. There's never really a question about what you should do or where you should go. And so most of the aliens return from the old Mass Effect games. There are a couple new species that just kind of look like the old ones. So it just doesn't feel like a different place that I am the first to settle. I just don't get that exhilarating sense of discovery and adventure that some games give you, even though that's supposed to be the premise of Andromeda. Well, I think the one thing that I think we both agree on that really hampers the feeling of exploration is the scanning mechanic, which oh, is yes. um, which is crucial to acquiring resources and minerals and things for mm-hmm. uh, crafting and for ranking up and research and development. So what it is, is, is you have this kind of wrist held device that you can use to scan objects mm-hmm. to find out if they contain anything useful. The problem being there's no visual cue at all mm-hmm. about what you can scan and what you can't. And and you can scan everything. You I, I've scanned rocks and they've been useful. And I've <laughs> scanned like this, you know, kind of like abandoned uh, shipping container and it's been useful. Yeah. And then other times it hasn't been. You can scan machinery, alien machinery. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's useful, sometimes it isn't. But there's there's no rhyme or reason and there's no you know, gameism glowing thing. There's no pop like pop up alert that you might get on your wrist thing like, oh, I sense uh that there's, you know, the computer senses that there might be something useful in the air. There's none of that. So what yeah. happens it, what ends up happening is you scan everything. You're constantly yes. scanning everything with your scanner up, which slows you down, it slows your movement down, and it's just it's just so annoying. Yeah. There's there's one scene where you land on a pretty picturesque alien world and if you take out your scanner, the aliens you meet tell you to put it away because they don't trust you. Right. And so for this one scene, you can't use the scanner and it's so liberating. I just had to look around and not have to worry about scanning any vaguely technological looking thing. So I agree about that. And also just the menus and the user interface. Again, I'm comparing to Horizons, which I thought worked really well and was very streamlined. And I didn't mind the crafting or anything. And in Mass Effect, it's just really hard to tell if a certain weapon is going to be better than the one you have or if they're all just divided into tiers and and affiliations like there's a remnant tree of weapons and there's a milky way tree and an andromeda tree and it's just so convoluted and it takes so much time to navigate to anything you want to get to and like any bioware game this is just so stuffed with side quests it feels like overkill at times almost every npc you meet it seems like gives you some sort of task that is often fairly repetitive and good luck keeping track of all of those things because they're just like it's just it's so difficult compared to again horizon which just divides everything into like priority tasks or you know side missions or just chores and you can easily see everything that's active and how important it is and in mass effect it's all just sort of piled into this folder inside another folder (laughs) and there's just so much like clicking from screen to screen that that just adds to the length which is already ridiculous yeah well games are too long as we keep saying to each (laughs) other um another example of just like the small details that just make that make you scratch your head about this game your Mako, which drives actually mm-hmm. quite well, yes. um, it's you hit triangle to get into the Mako, but it's circle to get out of it. 
which <laughs> is like what so like and so when you're in the mako if you hit triangle and you hold it you basically evacuate back to space uh, mm-hmm. back to your ship which i did the first like a couple times because it's like <laughs> why do you make the button to get in and out of your vehicle different i don't that doesn't make any sense to me but they did do that um and those are just little things that are like why you know like that you figure a, a game of this lineage from a from a studio of this kind of renown they would catch that and also mm-hmm. like you know when you refill there's ammo boxes kind of scattered around the world mm-hmm. you just kind of walk onto them to to replenish your ammo but and then there's a very, very small text box that says ammo refilled and it disappears yeah. like in a half a second. So if you don't mm-hmm. see it, you don't know. And there's no, your controller doesn't shake. There's no sound. There's like no feedback other than this very, very, very small text saying ammo refilled that disappears mm-hmm. like very fast Yeah, that you've refilled your ammo. And these, these, these little feelings compound to create a feeling of just a game that's unfinished. It feels very mm-hmm. unfinished. Yeah, I didn't mind that so much because I'm just sick of pressing buttons to interact with things. Sure. And it was kind of nice just to walk in the vicinity of something and have it work. And and we should say, while we're saying vaguely complimentary things, that the combat is better. We yeah, both it's good. enjoy the combat. combat is good. It does sacrifice some ability to manipulate your squad mates, but... It gives you the ability to allocate your skill points across different classes so you can invest in biotic abilities and also be a shooter, essentially. And I like that. There's a new jetpack, which adds some verticality to the encounter. So the combat thus far is, I think, my favorite thing about the game. And that's maybe not the best sign with the Mass Effect <laughs> yeah, game, right. which have yeah. depended on action to varying degrees, but have always been largely story driven. And here it's more the combat that's keeping me going. Yep. Uh, I agree. You know, at any time that uh, you can put me in control of a character that has essentially Jedi powers, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the combat is just as good as as the kind of polished th- stuff that was in Mass Effect Three, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily play Mass Effect to fight people, yeah. but I'm happy that that's good. Yeah, right. And there are some other nice little touches. Like I do like that the dialogue options don't always divide up neatly into the good guy response and the bad guy response. The the Paragon and the Renegade, there are often four options and yeah. it's not totally clear what the morally right answer is and you're not going to ruin your relationship with someone based on one response. So I like that. It, I'd like it more if the dialogue were better, but still a nice touch, I suppose. And I don't know. You've pointed out that it feels unfinished and it does in a lot of ways and it shouldn't because it's been in development for five years, which I don't know, maybe that's just not long enough to make a game this huge anymore with the level of quality that people expect. Or maybe as we touched on on the site, there's just been a lot of brain drain from Bioware. And this is the first Mass Effect game since the company's last remaining co-founders left since Mass Effect's creator and project direct director left since uh, I guess it's the the second Mass Effect since the lead writer of the first two games left although he has since returned to work on Star Wars stuff and the game even lost a lead writer and a senior developer during 
development. So there have just been a lot of people emigrating from Bioware for one reason or, or another. There's been a, an exodus, and maybe that's because the company is kind of a victim of its own success, and everyone wants to get the people who were responsible for Bioware's past successes working on their own games, like the lead writer who left during this game's development went to Bungie to work on Destiny 2, yep. which I'm sure could <laughs> hey, use some help yes. in the story right. department too. So that's a, a problem. And as you mentioned, there's a new engine too. So having to deal with a new engine and a new creative team and essentially a new trilogy all in one game is a lot to ask and it shows. Yeah, and it's the, it's the first game created by Bioware Montreal rather than instead mm-hmm. of Bioware Edmonton. Although, you know, in the past Montreal and some of the other studios have been involved. Um it's the first time Montreal has has the creative lead and that's because Edmonton's working on some unnamed other project. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's just a lot of change behind the scenes and I think you combine that with a new console generation with a new uh, story with new characters, it's just I it's just too much churn overall. And I think in that sense, probably Bioware should be lauded for for creating a game that's that's as good as it is. I mean that you know, we really I think we it's it might have been too big an ask really to considering all the changes that have gone on with this company and with the development arc behind the scenes to think that, you know, they just come up with this world crushing triple A, you know, ancestor to a one of the greatest uh, series of all time. I think we just, we probably expected a little bit too much from them. Mm -hmm. And I think we're both planning to finish it. It's not so bad that we're just going to stop. It's it's a good game. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's partly just because we're fans of the franchise and I feel almost obligated to see where it goes just because of all the time I've invested in this series. But I'm having enough fun to keep going and I'm curious to see if it improves in any way. And so if you haven't played the previous Mass Effect games, well, don't, don't start with this one, I guess, but if you haven't, or if you haven't just come off of Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn, maybe you'd have a more positive reaction than we did. Or if your expectations were lower coming in, because there are things to like here and it's, Definitely a lot of content if you're just looking for something that's going to occupy you for a while. Andromeda will definitely do that. But for us, it just doesn't live up to the past precedent of the series and of recent AAA titles. And so ultimately, we're disappointed. Yes, unfortunately. Sad to say. In the rest of this episode, Jason and I talked to Patrick Markey and Christopher Ferguson about their new book, Moral Combat, Why the War on Violent Video Games is Wrong. You can find that segment and all of our past and future episodes on the Achievement-Oriented feed. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get podcasts.
Do you love books but find that you never have time to read them? Perhaps because you're playing 80-hour RPGs that aren't that good? With Audible, you can get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read on the go. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. People still use MP3 players, apparently. With Audible, you own your books, so you can access them anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. And Audible also has the Great Listen Guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. It's quite a policy. That's Borderline Library. I'm sure you can find our next guest book, Moral Combat, on Audible. I also just recently read one of our former guests' books, Simon Parkin, Death by Video Game. Enjoyed that quite a bit. I'm also reading How to Talk About Video Games, now that that's something I do, by Ian Bogust. When I'm not playing video games, I'm reading about them. So if you're traveling, travel delays are wasting your time, buckle up, settle in, let the new ideas take off. If you're doing chores, if you're out for a walk, if you're actually exercising, all ideal Audible situations. You can't make more time, but you can make the most of it. So turn your dead air into something more with a free trial at Audible. Go to audible.com slash achievement to start now. That's audible.com slash achievement.